So, can we pray to anyone other than God the Father? Now, let me give you some background on where this question comes from. It comes from two sources. The first is a cult. Now, listen, if you've got some family members or some friends that are Jehovah's Witness, I say this to you in love, the Jehovah's Witness are a cult. And this is why they're a cult, because they do not believe what the Bible says about Jesus. They have their own thoughts and opinions about Jesus. And, and, and let me just throw some out there. If you think I'm joking, uh, they do not believe that Jesus is God. The Jehovah's Witness believe that Jesus is Michael, the archangel, and that he was the first being created by God. They do not believe that he is eternal, that he has always existed. They do not believe in bodily resurrection. Therefore, if the resurrection of Jesus didn't really happen that way, I think we're all in trouble. They don't believe in heaven, at least as we do. They believe that 144,000 people go to heaven. Everybody else goes to paradise. By the way, they don't really go to paradise because this is paradise. After you die, there's nothing. This was your paradise. Wow, that's a stinker, isn't it? Can we just stop right there and love Jehovah's Witness and say, brother, if you think this is paradise, I've got something way better for you. OK, this is not paradise. This is fallen earth is what this is. And uh, but because of that, uh, because this is it, this is all that happened. Um, they, 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 they're never going to meet Jesus. Just, just think on that for a second to think of what, what kind of hope is that you, you never get to meet Jesus. Uh, they believe the Bible must be interpreted uh, through the Watchtower organization and that salvation is impossible without the Watchtower organization interpreting scripture for people. Since Jesus is not God, neither is the Holy Spirit. Based on all of this, they believe that you can only pray to Jehovah where they get their name, Jehovah's Witness, the Father. Uh, now, now listen, I'm, I'm not, I don't want to get too technical, but I, I'll tell you the, the, the word they have for their title, Jehovah, is actually the Latin version. Uh, it, it's the Latin translation of the Hebrew word for God, which is Yahweh. And I guess Yahweh's witnesses, which would have been much more biblical, just didn't roll off the tongue the same way. And so they, they went with Jehovah's Witnesses. Now, hear, hear me, because of all those things I've stated, this cult tells you, and, 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 and they tell all of their followers, and they tell uh, any Christian that will listen, that you can only pray in the name of God the Father that the Son doesn't have the same power as God the Father. And, and they'll tell you this truth. Now, uh, there's another group, and this is another group where this, this comes from. And it's a group of Christians. It's a group of fellow brothers and sisters. Uh, in fact, they're evangelicals, most of them. Uh, that means that they are Jesus-loving, Jesus-sharing Christians. And they believe that you can only pray to God the Father. And they base that solely upon the Lord's Prayer found in the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, they said, this is how Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, whose name is Art, up in heaven. No, our Father, that's King James joke, okay, in case you're a King James follower. Uh, but our, our Father that's in heaven, right? And, and so they said, Jesus taught us to pray this way. That's the only way that you can pray. And then they say, you know what, if you want to prove it, look at all the prayers of Jesus. Jesus never prays to anyone but his Father. Well, come on, people. Let's take a little bit bigger. Jesus isn't going to pray to himself. That's ridiculous. So we've got to expand our view, and that's what we're going to do this morning. That's my main problem with, with those people is, is just contextualization. They take it out of context. They don't look at the rest of the New Testament. So there's some things that I, I, I want to show you this morning as we answer this question. Can I pray to anyone other than God the Father? And here's, here's the first thing I want you to see. Yes, yes, you can. You can pray to Jesus. Okay? You can pray to Jesus. We can pray to Jesus. Everyone do this with me. Big exhale. <sighs> 
right? Because you thought after the last couple of weeks you were all doing it wrong and like, oh my gosh, I can't even pray right. What's wrong with me? Something's messed up. I don't even know if I know Jesus. Am I really saved? I can't pray. It's okay. Listen, Jesus did tell us that we now have direct access to God the Father. Remember, look at this scripture together. We've been studying this the last couple of weeks. Uh, Say with me. He says uh, in John 16, 26 through 27, in that day you will ask in my name. I'm not saying that I will ask the father on your behalf. No, the father himself loves you because you have loved me and believed that I came from God. Jesus saying, listen, I've come to provide direct access. Remember when we talked about the gospel, we said the great truth of the gospel is that God is the goal of the gospel. That, that our relationship with God is what was broken. And because of Jesus, that relationship is restored. That's the point of the gospel. It's not just eternal life. It's not that you get to go to heaven. Because if you go to heaven and God's not there, it's pointless. If you live forever without God, it's pointless, isn't it? The whole goal of the gospel is that you get God. And so, so this is a big deal. So Jesus did say that I've come to provide direct access for you uh, to have with God. That you can crawl up in God's lap. You can crawl up. He is your Abba. He is your father. You're now a son and a daughter. And your birth record has been changed. It's a big deal. Jesus taught that. But he also taught this. Jesus also taught that he would answer prayer. Jesus also taught that he would answer prayer. John 14, 13 through 14, he says, And I'll do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything, and I will do it. Now, Jesus says that. He can say that because he's God, right? That's why he could look at somebody that was lame, and he could say, Your sins are forgiven. That drove the Pharisees nuts, by the way. Because he'd look at them, somebody that's blind and say, Listen, your sins are forgiven. Now, 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 now see, or your sins are forgiven. Get up and walk. And that drove them nuts. But he could do that because he had that authority because he's God. He's God. And so, so he's clearly saying here, you can ask me and I will answer prayer. OK, so Jesus himself, who teaches us how to pray to the father, also teaches us that he will answer prayer. And as we study the New Testament, we find it. And we again, you've got to expand. So as we study the whole New Testament, we, we, we find that other people pick up on this. OK, Paul, for instance, Paul prays to Jesus. Paul prays to Jesus. He, he, he prays to Jesus. And, and uh, Paul, who, by the way, is used by God to write half of the books of the New Testament. We know that all scripture is God breathed. Therefore, if Paul uh, prays to Jesus and, and it's recorded within scripture, then we know that that's got to be the will of God. Because all scriptures, God breathed. You following me? And, and so therefore, again, it's okay to pray to Jesus. And the Bible uh, proves that out for us. And, and, and so I, I want to look at one of Paul's prayers, just one. And, and we talked about this one a couple of weeks ago. And this is one that he prays to Jesus. And by the way, Jesus' answer here is no. Jesus' answer to Paul is going to be no, but that's grace unto you. But I just want to look at this prayer together. It's 2 Corinthians 12, 8 through 9. He says, three times I pleaded with the Lord. Now, that's an interesting word in Greek. Uh, the Lord, it's, it's kurios or kurios. Um, and, and that's typically the Greek word that we find when somebody's talking to Jesus. They call him Lord. That should be our first contextual clue. All right. So he says, I prayed with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, who's he? Well, evidently, whoever he calls the Lord, is he this guy? He says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. If you've got your Bible open, man, you underline that word power, you circle that word power, because that is called a context clue by English teachers, okay? 
It's a context clue. So whoever this guy is that, that Paul is referring to and praying to is Lord, okay, said unto him, my power is perfect for you. And the next sentence tells us exactly who that is. Watch this. Uh, verse 9. It says, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that whose power? Christ power may rest on me. Paul is praying to Christ. He, he, he prays to the Lord, the Kurios, and, and, and the Lord responds, my power is made perfect in your weakness. Therefore, Paul says, I will boast all the more of my weakness so that Christ power, so that Christ's power may rest on me. See, Paul prayed to Jesus. That's what that text teaches us. That's what it shows us. Paul prayed to Jesus and Jesus answered his prayer. In this instance, the answer was no. Paul, I'm not going to give you what you ask for. I'm going to give you something better. I'm going to give you myself. And that's grace unto you. My grace is going to be enough for you. It's better. It's better than what you're asking for. My power is better. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. And so so Paul prayed to God the Father, and he also prayed to Jesus. And you can find that basically. Turn to any letter that Paul's written, any epistle, uh, and, and what you're going to do is you're going you're gonna to find that's how he opens it. Um, grace and peace to you from our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, he's constantly praying to, to both, okay? We, we, we broaden our scope a little bit. We see there's even more people in the New Testament that pray to Jesus. There's several people in the New Testament that pray to Jesus, uh, there we go. Many New Testament Christians prayed to Jesus. Um, Acts 7, 59 through 60 is just one instance of that. It's the stoning of Stephen. Sad, sad story. It, it says, while they were stoning him, uh, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And then he fell on his knees and he cried out, Lord, don't hold this against them. When he had said all this, he fell asleep. Stephen prayed to Jesus. 1 Corinthians uh, 1, verse 2 Tells us that a lot of New Testament Christians prayed to Jesus. It says to the church of God in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus and called to be holy together with all those everywhere, together with all those everywhere. This is we're underlining, we're making mental notes here. Everywhere who call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. And so Paul's saying clearly everywhere people are calling on the name of Lord Jesus Christ. And that doesn't just mean that they're being saved. He's talking, he said they're, they're calling out, they're praying to Jesus. Uh, this evidently was something that the New, New Testament church did quite a bit. Okay, and so biblically, I just want you to see there's clear evidence. Yes, we can pray to Jesus. Now, can we pray to anyone else? We can pray to God the Father, we can pray to Jesus. Number, number two, okay, we can pray to the Holy Spirit. We can pray to the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm going to be very honest and upfront with you. There is not a single verse in Scripture uh, of, of a recorded prayer under the Holy Spirit. There's not. You say, well, wait a second. How can we pray the Holy Spirit then? Okay? Uh, so there, there's not. And, and I would kind of say this to you as just a little bit of warning. And listen, it's, it's cool to pray the Holy Spirit. You can pray the Holy Spirit. Uh, he's going to listen. He's going to answer. Those kind of things are fine. Uh, if you ever around somebody that the Holy Spirit is like the only person they pray to, the only person of the Trinity that they pray to, that, that may be an issue because biblically, clearly, uh, they're missing out uh, on all of who God is. And so uh, th this is what we would introduce to you, okay? Um, so, so yes, we can pray to the Spirit, uh, to the Holy Spirit. And here's why. Um, God is Trinity. God is Trinity, right? One God who reveals himself to us in three persons, Father, Son, and Spirit, who are co-equal and co-eternal. This is what we know about God. We know that there's one God. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. 
Okay, that's the Shema. Uh, there's one God, and he reveals himself to us, this one God in three persons. We go back to Genesis. Let us make him, uh, let us make man in our own image, right? We, we, we look at Jesus, the Son, uh, God in the flesh, God come among us, Emmanuel, God in the flesh being baptized, and the Father is speaking from heaven, the Son is being baptized, and the Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God is descending upon him. And, and, and we know uh, that this is how God has chosen to reveal himself to us, one God in three persons. Persons, therefore, follow me. If it's appropriate to pray to the Father and the Son, it must also be appropriate to pray to the Holy Spirit. To say that we cannot would, would be to deny his divinity. It would be to say that somehow he's, he's not fully God. To say that, that he's not really God. To say that somehow the Holy Spirit can't actually relate to us as the Father and the Son can. And I, I just want to show you a couple of things uh, that are biblical, okay? Uh, number one here under this is the Holy Spirit always relates to us. According to Scripture, the Holy Spirit always relates to us. Do this. Let's crack our Bibles open together. I want to, I want to go to John chapter 14 and, and just spend a little time there uh, with you. John chapter 14. And we're going to be in verse 15. Uh, this is a, a passage where Jesus is promising his disciples the Holy Spirit. John 14. Starting in verse 15, and I'll read through 17. He says, uh, if you love me, you're going to obey what I command. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor. Now, counselor, by the way, that's somebody that has intimate knowledge of your life. This is somebody that you're sharing your, your, your doubts and your fears and your hurts with. I mean, that, that, that's what the term implies. So there's intimacy implied there. I'm going to send you the counselor to be with you. Get this, uh, just temporarily. Just once in a while, just when you need it. Now, he says forever. Okay, pretty cool promise there uh, with, with you forever. The spirit of truth, the word, uh, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him or knows him. But you know him. Get this for he lives with you and will be in you. He lives with you and he's going to be in you. Again, this is about intimacy. This is about somebody that, that is constantly with us, that can relate to us. Skip down and, and look at verse 25 and, and 26. Jesus says, all this I have spoken while still with you. But the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything that I have said to you. Everything that I have said to you. Okay, counselor, relating, teacher. This is what the Holy Spirit is. So the, I, you need to understand the Holy Spirit can always relate to us. Say, well, is, can I pray to the Holy Spirit? Yeah, because he's God. He's fully God and he always relates to us. Listen to what Romans says, Romans 8, 26 and 27. Uh, I think I've got it on the screen for you. Uh, it says, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We don't know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. In accordance with God's will. And so uh, we, we, we just have to understand this. While we don't have specific examples of, of prayers to the Holy Spirit um, found in Scripture, we do acknowledge that he is God. We do believe that, that prayer to him is appropriate, especially, get this, especially when that prayer um, relates to an area of ministry that we know to be his. Okay? You say, what are you talking about? Well, counselor, guide. Uh, the, the Holy Spirit is one that gives us power. 
to be witnesses for Jesus. He's the one that teaches us and reminds us of all of the words of Jesus. When we find ourselves struggling to, to know the word of God, when we find ourselves dealing with a decision maybe, and, and, and we need wisdom, pray to the Holy Spirit. This is one of his roles in our life. When we, we feel impressed to talk to somebody about Jesus, but we're scared. This is, this is the, 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 the person of the Trinity that we run to. The Holy Spirit saying, Holy Spirit, uh, grant me power now to be a witness for Jesus in this very moment. Give me words to say. You following me? And so, so we can also pray to the Holy Spirit. So, so we can pray to God the Father. We can pray to Jesus the Son. We can pray to the Holy Spirit. So can, uh, can we pray to anybody else? And, and here's the answer, number three, no, no. We, we, we cannot pray to, to anyone else. Listen, we can pray to God the Father. He, he is the goal of the gospel. He, he's our dad. and We've been adopted. Our, our, our birth records have been changed. We can pray to Jesus. He's our Lord and our Savior. He is our friend, according to Scripture. He is our brother. Um, he, he's our high priest. We know that he was tempted in every way, so he identifies with us, yet he was without sin. Uh, we know that, that he understands us. We know that he, Jesus, is our mediator. He's, he's the God-man. He's both God. God and man, so so he answers the prayer of Job, and he can put one hand on us and one hand on God, and he can stand there uh, betwixt us, and, and he knows the suffering that we're going through. Uh, we can pray to the Holy Spirit because he's our comforter, he's our guide, he's our teacher, he's the one that teaches us from the inside out, remember? Uh, we can ask him for power and strength and wisdom, uh, and we can do all that because that's who God is. One God in three persons, but you need to hear me clearly. We cannot pray to anyone else. We cannot pray to anyone else. I want to show you why, okay? It's kind of a big deal. Uh, Exodus chapter 20, uh, verse 3. Uh, this is the, the first of the Ten Commandments. Uh, I am the Lord your God, and you shall have uh, no other gods before me. You shall have no other gods before me. And if you turn in there, underline the word before, because in Hebrew, the word before means before, behind, or in my presence. That changes things. That's a game changer is what we would call that because that means that the first and greatest commandment, I'm the Lord your God, you shall have no other gods before me, doesn't just mean that, that, that I, I, am, I am just God and, and you can't put any other God before me. That means there are no other gods. Not before me, not behind me, not in front of me, not next to me, not in my presence, not anywhere. And by the way, my presence is everywhere. God's saying, listen, there, there's no other religion. You can't follow anything. No salt over your shoulder. No, no, any of that stuff. I am God. I am God. It is me. There's no one else. There's no one else. That's it. And this is what God teaches us. And he says, listen, you can't pray to anyone else. I am the only God. Now, here's the deal. This is the loophole. I'm not, I'm not trying to, I, again, I'm just, I want to shed light because this is going on in our world and we've got to talk about it. Listen, our Catholic friends are going to say to you that they don't pray to other people. They're going to say, listen, I, I don't pray to other people. We, we, we don't pray to the saints. They say that what they're doing is they're actually asking the saints to pray for them. And some will even use the term mediator, almost as a mediator. I have a great biblical problem with that. The Bible says there's only one mediator, uh, the God-man, and his name is Jesus Christ. There is no other mediator, and so I'm, I'm going to start there. But, but then they're going to go on, they're going to say, listen, but it's no different than asking somebody, when you ask uh, for a prayer request, and you say, hey, my grandma's sick, will you pray for me? They said, we're doing the same thing. We're just asking dead people who are up in heaven, evidently. 
And I guess have better access. I don't know. They're saying, but that's the same thing you're doing. You're asking somebody to pray for you because you think that maybe your prayers aren't being heard and you want somebody else praying too. So you kind of think that a multitude and so they're going to, they're now going to put that shift on us. And I'm going to say, well, listen, anyway, we're, we're not going to go there. And this is, this is where they claim the scripture from. We read it this morning. They say that it's biblically based, based on Revelation 5 8, which says this. Uh, Revelation 5 8 says, the four living creatures and then 24 elders fell down before the Lamb. Each one had a harp uh, that they were holding and a golden bowls full of incense. I, I, that'd, that'd be tough to carry, but they were doing it. They, they, had, they had a harp and a golden bowl full of incense. Get this, uh, which are the prayers of the saints? Which are the prayers of the saints? And Catholics say, see saints, saints. Those are the people that the Roman Catholic Church says, listen, they're, they're, they were saints. We've declared them as saints. So it's the prayers of those people. There's only one problem with that. Again, it's not biblical because biblically the Bible says the saints are the children of God, period. It, it's not some special venerated person that the Pope says, hey, yo, make a card, memorize the prayer. I mean, that's that's not it. And and so so the saints, according to Scripture, are just men and women that love Jesus. And if you don't believe me, read Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9, God tells Ananias, uh, listen, I'm sending you to this dude named Saul. I'm going to make him Paul, and he's going to be a light unto the Gentiles. And Ananias says, God, do you know who you're dealing with? That's what, I, that's what he said. By the way, I mean, just think about when you pray. We're going to talk about effective prayer starting next week, how to be effective. Just one of the great keys to effective prayer is to use your brain that God has given you. Ananias, not thinking about God. Wait, wait, wait. Do you really know who you're talking about, God? Yeah, kind of do. I'm a big deal, right? And so says Ananias, I'm telling you to go lay hands on him. But this is what Ananias says. He says, God, do you know what this man has done to your saints in Jerusalem? Now, what is he talking about? Is he, is he talking about to the ones that were venerated? Well, no, because that hadn't happened yet. He's just talking about Christians. Brothers and sisters, people that believe and live for Jesus. That's who the saints are. And we talk about the prayers of the saints. The Bible always mentions saints as believers in Jesus. That's who the saints are. That's what the prayers of the saints are. It's not prayers of Mary and Joseph and Peter and Paul. Okay? In addition to that, I just, again, because I feel like this is a big deal. It's going on in our world. Though, Though my friends would say... They don't pray to the saints. They're asking the saints to pray for them. I just I thought, well, let's let's just get on their turf a little bit. And so I just open up uh, some some common Catholic prayers. Uh, This is the second uh, most popular prayer when praying the rosary next to Hail Mary. uh, And and it is is called uh, Hail Holy Queen. Let's read this together. Okay, Hail Holy Queen, Mother of Mercy, our life, our sweetness and our hope. That's a little exalted, just beginning. To thee do we cry. Poor banished children of Eve, to thee do we send up our what? Our sight. That's prayers, folks. That's what they're saying. They're saying to thee do we send up our prayers, our laments, right? Mourning and weeping in this valley of tears. Uh, Turn then, most gracious advocate, Okay, again, we only have one advocate. His name is Jesus. Uh, Thine eyes of mercy toward us after this, our exile. Show us, uh, show unto us the blessed fruit of thy womb, Jesus. O clement, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary. Amen. Uh, Now, I would would sit all day with somebody that says that that's just a request uh, unto Jesus or or, or unto Mary to pray for them and say, no, I'm, I'm sorry. When you're talking about sending your sighs, up to her, 
Um, you're praying. That's what you're doing. That's what you're doing. Let me show you one, one more. Um, the, the memory. Uh, uh, listen, listen to this. It says, uh, remember, oh, most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that any one who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession, was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, we fly unto thee, O virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do we come. Before thee do we stand. Sinful and sorrowful, O mother of the word incarnate, despise not our what? Petition. That's prayer. That's what a petition is. Despise not our our prayers, but in thy mercy, get this, hear and what? Answer. That you are praying to somebody other than God. And here, I'm just, I just want to tell you, listen, I love you in Jesus' name, but you cannot pray to Mary and you cannot pray to Joseph and you cannot pray to Peter and you cannot pray to Paul and you can't pray to St. Jude and you can't pray to old Grandma Betty. Okay? It's not going to help you and it is an offense unto God. It is a sin unto God. God says, I am God. There are no other gods. There's none before me and there are none behind me. There's no lower rung. Just me. Just me. So what do we do? What do we do? All right. I'll give you this. We'll be done. I've talked too long. Number one. We pray. Or as we sing sometimes, we pray, pray, pray. We 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 pray to God. We we pray on all occasions. We pray in all circumstances. We 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 pray to the Father. We pray to the Son. We pray to the Spirit. But we just we just pray. You say, well, which one? Well, for me, it depends. <laughs> now that sounds strange. There are some prayers I pray. I, I pray to every person of the Trinity. I mean, there's some big stuff, you know. There's sometimes, though, I just need to crawl up in my dad's lap. There's sometimes I need to cry out, Dad. There's sometimes that I feel like an orphan, and I need to be reminded that I'm not. I need to be reminded who uh, really is my father, that I'm not alone. And there are times I just need to cry out to my father, and he is the goal of the gospel. And I now have access to him, and I'm, I'm no longer separated from him because of the work of Jesus. And so there are times I just need to cry out to my father. Friends, there are times, though, that I'm struggling with something, and I don't know why it is but something in me feels feels like I, I can't or I shouldn't talk to my dad about it, which is silly, by the way, and we should destroy that. But but it, it's true. But in those moments, praise God that I have an advocate in Jesus that faced every temptation known to man yet didn't sin. And so I run to him. And there are times I just have to run to Jesus and Jesus, I am struggling and I don't know how I don't know how you could face everything that you face and still not be angry about it. I don't know how you could face everything, the the loneliness and the trial and and still set your face to Jerusalem. I don't know how you could love God more than anything else because I am struggling. And there are moments that in my struggles, I've just got to cry out to Jesus. There are times that I just I have to pray to the Holy Spirit because I mean, I'm I am I tell you, I confess this to y'all are going to find me out one day and you're going to fire me like the scum I am. I am an idiot. 
I am an idiot. And, and if it were not for the dear mercy of God and the wisdom of God, I'm nowhere, friends. And, and, and I pray for wisdom probably more than most people I know. I pray for it on a regular basis. Every time I open my Bible, every time I'm, I'm about to preach, every I, I pray for wisdom as I walk around my house because I need it to deal with my children and other things in life. I just need wisdom. And so I, I, I talk to the Holy Spirit often. Grant me wisdom. Give me power. Use me. Speak through me. Let me be a witness unto Jesus. Like I said, there's sometimes those prayers invoke all three persons of the Trinity. I, I, I don't. I don't care. Who of those three persons of the Trinity you pray to. I would say you probably need to pray to all. What I do care about is that you're praying. Just pray.